Hey, everyone, this is Dan coming at you uh, at the top of the episode to tell you that what you've wanted your whole life is a P-tape prayer candle or maybe a Robert Mueller prayer candle. Am I allowed to interrupt? Yes. Dan? Yes. I've got four of these. Yeah. And I also have the stickers that you send along with them. On and I have a sticker on my phone that says it's Miller time, and it's people admire it all the time, and they're like, "Where did you get that sticker?" And I'm like, "Well, Maureen, they can get them at omfg.church. That's omfg.church. Magic is real. Candles. It's what's for dinner. Hey, listen. Uh, as usual, look, I've written a lot of books. And the most recent one is called Truly Devious. But I'll say this, because we are recording this in the past. Because we're not recording, like this is, as we'll tell you, this is a past recording. So yesterday, they nailed the Golden State Killer. And uh, this is a a, a cold case. It's from the 70s and 80s. And this guy is a, a terrible monster. And they nailed him and it, in large part due to the work of, of uh, non-professional detectives working this case, including Michelle McNamara. And if you have an interest in, as I do, in people that want to solve cold cases, that's a lot of what Truly Devious is about. So this is it's literally about a girl who wants to solve a cold case. So Truly Devious, it's a mystery book. Uh, and if you've already got it and you can leave, if you leave a review online, you are literally giving me life points. So I thank you. Uh, and also I have a collection coming out called How I Resist, which is an activism book for teens with amazing contributors and proceeds going to ACLU. So if you want that, you can pre-order it online now. Hey, hey, Dan. No, oh, hey, Maureen. What's up? Oh, God. What a how's your morning going? Oh, it's pretty good. I have ridden the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. I have gone to the Haunted Mansion. And I'm actually on Splash Mountain right now. Wait, what? I'm at Disney World, Maureen. Dan, you're... Did you forget? Oh, I'm... You went to to Haunted Mansion this morning? I sure did. I rode it twice. Oh. It was fantastic. And you saw the stretching pictures and the... Sure did. I saw it all, Maureen. I saw it all. And yeah, now I'm on Splash Mountain. It's a lot of fun. There's a bunch of animals. Dan, will you go again when this is all over? I will go to Disney World whenever! Splash Mountain! Dan's in the better place. Chicago right now? Yeah, I am. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's Disney World. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I'm Dan Sinker. And uh, it's true... As you listen to this podcast, I, Dan Sinker, am at Disney World with my family. We are celebrating the end of my wife Janice's cancer treatments. Woo! Yay! It is amazing. Uh, it is really amazing. Uh, we, for longtime listeners, you will remember that we had a trip to Disney World planned for Thanksgiving that we had to cancel um, due to uh, my wife's breast cancer. And we decided when this shit was done... We were doing it upright, but what that meant was we had to record Says Who a little bit early so that it was done and I was not recording a podcast in the middle of a family trip to the happiest place on earth. So we are recording this a little bit early, aren't we, Maureen? We are. This is Thursday. What day is it? The 26th of April. So when when you hear this, you're going to know so much stuff we don't know right now. Yeah, you are in the future right now. Send a message back. Seriously, in 2008 time, you are prob- you're like six or seven years in the At future. Least. At least. Uh, so our normal thing of talking about the news of the last week or two 
uh, seems especially silly today uh, because we will talk about current events that you will be like, oh, I, rem- I remember that yeah, back when, when I was young. Yeah, that was so long ago. Well, it's that there'd be history books written about these by now. So we're going to we're going to maybe touch on a little bit of this stuff that that uh, that is is potentially memorable. But uh, by and large, we are going to spend a lot of our time answering your questions, which you submitted to us via the Twitter and the Facebook. We've got some fun stuff ahead. But what did happen the last week or so, Dan? What... The state visit by the Prince of France. He's not a prince, Dan. He's very handsome, though. He is handsome. Also, in like he's handsome like a prince, Maureen. He's just French. And a prince. Le Dauphin. Le Dauphin français. That he, I think that, uh, did you, like... So, uh, Mac- it's Macron, right? Macron. Uh, he and Trump have had a long, long-running handshake feud, and this state visit, it seems like all they did was just keep laying hands on each other to see who could be the last, the last hand standing or something. It was a very weird... It was like hands on like, a hard body a little bit, where you have to put your hands yes, on, a, it was. on a truck, and then if you, if you keep your hands on the other the longest, you win. It was like that. Uh, it also had the... Um, so they did a lot of their handsy stuff, but also in the middle of this kind of photo thing... Trump starts brushing dandruff off Macron's shoulders. Like, I'm going to brush this dandruff off your shoulder. Every day is more embarrassing than the day before, Dan. It's all... It's a lot. It's a lot. So they, they were very chummy, and they had this magical dinner, and they all wore clothes. And They had vanilla ice cream. Hmm. Yeah. Vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And tomato jam, which our friend Helen Rosner pointed out was absolutely 100% ketchup. code for ketchup. Yeah, it's ketchup for sure. For sure. But uh, Macron put up with all of this. And then he gave uh, a, a speech to Congress. And basically it was like, because everyone was like, what's he going to say? Because he's such a bro now. And he was like, in so many words, hey, motherfuckers. Yeah, he was like, oh, oh, fuck that guy. Do not be a bunch of fuckers. I don't you know must... what French accent I just did. It was bad. I apologize it, to France. It was très bien. Oh, look Do at not... that. Yeah, oui. Do not leave the Iran deal. It is magnifique. It is no, not magnifique, uh, but... It must be replaced by something better. Also, stop being a bunch of nationalist fuckwads. Sort of was what he was saying. Like he handed he handed Trump his ass, but in a beautiful French accent. Uh, a couple of other things from this week. We had the rise and fall of Ronnie Jackson, uh, the presidential doctor who declared that Donald Trump could live to two hundred if he changed his eating habits and then was subsequently uh, chosen to lead the Veterans Administration by Trump, despite the fact that he has no real qualifications for leading the Veterans Administration. But then it turns out Ronnie has baggage. He has a little just a little bit of baggage. He has a nickname in the White House. No, uh, uh-uh. nope, 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 nope. He does not. Oh, Maureen, that's George W. Bush's nickname for him. Because he's been, I think it's important to remember that this man has been the presidential doctor for three presidents now, starting with George W. Bush, then all eight years of Obama, and then now with Trump. In one of the White Houses, there is a... a, um, there is a a uh, there's a document that was released by the committee that was uh, looking into him to become the VA chief that it's a weird document because it has an incredible number of allegations and no dates to it. So I don't know when his nickname was this. You think I'm going to say a different nickname, Maureen, but I'm not. OK. All right. 
as long as you don't say that other nickname. Oh, I'll get to that one. No. His nickname in the White House was the Candy Man. Whoa! Who can make the sunrise and sprinkle it with dew? Because apparently he just hands out Ambien to anyone that wants it. That's good. Yeah. And uh, apparently has a long history of drinking on the job. He wrecked a car at one point. Uh, he drunkenly banged on the hotel room door of a of a female coworker. Cool. Um, yeah, super cool. I, sounds awesome. Yeah, sounds like a real great guy. Also, George W. Bush's nickname for him was Scrote. Nope. Yes, Scrote. Mm, nope. I was looking into him last night, and my jaw dropped when I read that. That was the highlight the only, of my week, Maureen. The only acceptable use of that word is in Tenacious D's song, Wonder Boy. <laughs> or when Otherwise, referring to your personal physician. Hey, scrote. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, that guy always looked like Dr. Leo Spaceman from 30 Rock to me. and yeah, Apparently he was. <laughs> Even more so. <laughs> Apparently he was. Can, can I, wait, can I just say one more thing about the Dr. Ronnie Jackson? Absolutely. Really interesting thing. A couple weeks ago on Pod Saves, Amer Pod Saves America, which probably a lot of you may listen to, and it's it's by Crooked Media, which is the company that's a bunch of guys who were in the Obama White House. And they got, when he was first nominated, they, they did a, they they sounded very strange. They said, you know, a lot of us have been treated by him. Like he was our, he treated us when we worked there. Um, he was really nice. To, like he was a good doctor to us. And then they just got really cagey all of a sudden. Yeah. They're like, they're like, I don't, I don't know if this is good for, for him that I don't think that he should really do this. And I don't, I under. At the time, I was like, what are they not saying? Like, it just seemed like there was something. And that's one of the only times that they personally sounded very edgy about something. Mm -hmm. Like, they just knew something was wrong, but they couldn't say it. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, this th that's the weird thing is that all of this stuff is being brought up as being why he's, you know, why he should be disqualified from running the Veterans Administration. It also seems like shit that should disqualify you from being the goddamn doctor to the president of the United States. Just saying. Sure. Yeah. And and yeah, there was a New York Times article yesterday that also mentioned that he passed out, you know, sleeping pills and wake up pills to members of the press. So it's like this is a known thing uh, by folks in the Democratic administration, folks in the press that. We just learned about yesterday. It feels doesn't feel great, Maureen. I don't I don't really know what it means. I will tell you this, Dan. Dan, I have terrible feet. Like if you looked at my feet and you didn't see the rest of me, you would say, oh, that's some sort of those are the feet of some kind of animal that digs <laughs> a hole to lay eggs in. And then you'd the camera would pan up and you'd be like, oh, human feet. Surprise. Twist. And. So uh, I've they're just very flat. They're not they're just not good. And so at one point I had them. I was like, my, they really hurt. And they x-ray and I went to some doctor and he x-rayed them. And he's like, yeah, these bones are fusing together, whatever. He's like, I should do we, You definitely need surgery for sure. You need surgery. And what we do is we we break the toes and re-reset them. And he, as he's saying this, I'm watching him walk around his office. First, he drops a pen. Then he drops like his glasses. Then he picks the pen up and he drops. It, and I was like, and this man is like, I'm going to break your toes. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to go. And I left and I didn't actually let that man break all my toes. Um, I'm just saying. There's certain things that where you're like, is this good? Is this really what? I mean, doctors are people, too. But this is. Um, it doesn't seem great. No, doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem great. I feel like the Trump White House is where you find out. You find out where all the smells have been coming from all along. Like, oh, if we're if we're if we're looking around, we might as well figure out where that dead raccoon sure. is. Like, it's, it's an entire like White House staffed by the mice that died in your ceiling. <laughs> I had that happen last summer. But the, the basement that I record this in got real smelly for a while. And I was like, oh, boy, something died. And I did not go looking for that body. 
um, because it seemed real gross. And then what was a lot grosser was the huge number of flies that inhabited my basement for about three weeks, about a week later. That's nice. Turns out decomposition is gross. It's, but also super awesome. Sure. I mean, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Nature has a, nature has a plan. Does that plan played out entirely in my basement ceiling? And that plan is also playing out today as Michael Cohen, our personal mascot, uh, our kind of um our our the saint of says who, Saint says who himself, Michael Cohen, is uh well, there's a there's been a bit of a twist today, Dan. Um, yesterday, last night, we found out that he'd be pleading the fifth. Yeah. In so he's pleading the fifth, and it's it's in which case? It is <laughs> in the can't... case. Uh, it is in the case that Stormy Daniels filed to uh, be released from the non disclosure agreement that she signed in the case, basically saying that it was an invalid agreement, and he is now pleading the fifth. In that case, in case it incriminates him in this, it's yeah. yeah, any statement that he makes may incriminate him, which that's fine, yeah, totally, that's chill, totally, it's very chill. chill, totally chill. Well, I mean, that's a plan that can't go wrong, but then this morning, Dan, as we're as we're recording, it's only 11 20 in the morning right now. Um, I woke up this morning and I grabbed. It's a bad habit, but I I pick up my phone in the morning. Yeah, it's a tear. It's a kind of, it's it's not it's it's a habit that when this is all over, it's the first thing I plan to stop doing. Uh, but the the news was that our president decided to he picked up his phone. Dan, apparently he also he's been using his cell phone a lot. Yeah, his personal cell phone. His personal cell phone. So you know that thing is like. That's probably being put over public radio in some country, oh, yeah. you know, like it's let's 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 even let's forget like let's forget about any kind of pretense to secrecy sure. or anything like that. That's that's all gone. You got to have a pity party with your best friends. That's more important than letting, you know, every hostile nation listen in. I mean, I could probably figure out how to listen in on a cell phone. So that doesn't bode well. Um, yeah, he has his his personal uh, phone is like an old Android phone, which are notoriously breakable. He's got the only rotary cell phone. <laughs> also, just a little side note: <clears throat> head full of rocks, Ty Cobb was spotted in an airport the other day by someone on Twitter who took his photo, talking loudly about the investigation and how they all had had to get their stories in order. <clears throat> it's all wonderful. But our dear leader uh, called into Fox and Friends. And uh, he did it for a really nice reason, though, Maureen. It's Millennia's birthday today. Oh, that's probably what what she wants. He opened by saying that that's why he was doing the interview. What a nice gift. That is a nice gift. That's what I hope to get on my birthday. They then asked him what he got her, and he paused and admitted that he did not get her a gift, but that he got her a nice card. He's such a fucking dirtbag. Which you know that there is a staffer right now at the Walgreens down the street from the White House picking up a card. And it's probably one of those slightly funny ones. Those like, it's the drawing of the old lady with the, you know, she's like, here I am, crotchety, you know. Yeah, it's It's definitely like an over the hill style card because he's a very thoughtful husband. Well, this one works, sir. Nah, make it, make it a little meaner. No, right, it's, it's really talking about how she's an old hag. But sir, there's nothing wrong with her age or or any age. But this is, you know, a perfectly appropriate card. Maybe something with flowers on it. No, I want that says over the hill. What hill? I didn't see any hill. We should start a line of greeting cards. <laughs> I think that is a greeting card. Um, so he calls in and he talked for a really long time. I. I thought about watching it, and then I was like, first of all, yeah. Dan, I have a book to finish. Like, I have a book straight. It's the sequel to Truly Devious. you got to get Truly Devious because I'm writing. It done, Maureen, because I need to know. This thing is going in, Dan, on Monday. So this is the last – this conversation right now is the last time I do anything else, 
And I I expect that the clothes I'm wearing now are the clothes I'll be wearing until Monday. But um, so I don't have time to watch our president rambling for 30 minutes on Fox and Friends. And apparently neither did Fox and Friends, who eventually were like, so you probably have stuff to do and you should go. He's like, but it's my wife's birthday. Bye, click. This was her present. Well, the best part of the Fox and Friends interview was in addition to distancing himself from Michael Cohen, almost saying, Michael who in? Uh, he then admitted, oh, yeah, well, Michael Cohen, he, does, he doesn't do a lot, but he does help me with some stuff like that Stormy Daniels thing which he had previously said that he didn't know anything about and that Michael Cohen had done entirely on his own. So that seems helpful. Yeah, I I am at, like, what, what must it feel like to be a lawyer for this guy? Jittery, I expect. A little jittery. A little jittery. Probably feels a lot like having a raging urinary tract infection. That would be... My guess for the general feeling inside your body at all times. Or maybe that you have 20 children and you've just found out that they've all escaped into the depths of the Large Hadron Collider or something like that. You know, it's um, it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. It is a little nerve-wracking. Well, he just went on and on and on, and then uh, they eventually asked him to go. Uh, hey, Maureen. We asked a yes. bunch of our listeners some to ask us questions. All right, we did, and we are going to answer them now in the Says Who Question Corner. Whoop, whoop, Says Who Question Corner. That question's answered today. That's good. Yeah, I'm working on it, workshopping it. All right. You should have seen the little dance I did when I did that. I could see it in my mind's eye. Pretty good. I record this standing up. Did you know that? No, really? So I can really dance. Yeah, I do. I can't stand up where I am. I'm in a closet. I know. All right. First question is from Amy. I hope I get this right. In in the case of all of these, if I get your names wrong, I apologize. Um, Amy Mai on Facebook says, can you talk about how amazingly prescient it was to name the podcast Says Who when Cohen might be at the center of it all. It's a complicated web, see yarn wall, but Cohen seems to have a sticky spider leg in all parts of it. Uh, it was. It was. You know, it. so we, we talked about this a little bit last week because uh, of Cohen entering into the, entering into the, you know, center stage. Um, but... Yeah, I had approached you about doing a podcast about the sort of the end of the election and uh, you agreed. And then we were like, shit, we need a name. And I think it was right at the moment that he had been uh, on cable news being told that all of Trump's polls were low. And he answered, says who? And then the woman, who was it anyway? I can't remember who it was now. Uh, it was on CNN, I think. Yeah, but, I can't remember. but she responded, uh, "All the polls," and he was all, says "And who? you were just, says and who? you were just, yeah, says who?" And uh, so you were like, "We should call it says who?" And it was like, "Yes, we should." Yeah, it seemed like a perfect name, especially if we were going to. At the original premise was that we were going to do eight episodes and record with, um, as we did with with uh, journalists covering. Exactly. That that was it. It was a short-term thing where we talked to journalists about covering the election. Yeah. So it and, was like, and it was a good it was a good name for that. But then um he just had star quality. I remember seeing because I was in England at the time, and in England it wasn't getting the coverage was a lot, but it wasn't like here in the US. Yeah. And so not everything was being broadcast, but they had this on, and I remember I was like, what is happening? And just his big face, and you just—you can tell star quality. You just yep. know with some people like that—that's he just had got, that it look. He had the thing. He was the it boy, and I was like, "That's he's that guy is." I think that was the first time. I mean, there were there were bad and gross people in his team, but that this guy had a quality of like, "Fuck it, I'll say anything." Just says who? What? Let's just deny what's happening. Um, 
So it it was interesting though because it did like there was a long period of time where it was like, does anyone even understand that this is a reference to like because he left center stage for a while, but boy, he came back with a with a real solo number. Yep. Whew. It's immensely gratifying for us to yeah. have him come back in this way. So we um, thank you, Michael Cohen. Yeah. And we and the hope next, you continue. The next one of the next questions, Joe Berger on Twitter asks, who would be your ultimate says who interview guest? And I, I would say it would be Michael Cohen and his oh. he's invited here at all times. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting question because there's certainly like it'd be amazing to talk to him or Carter Page, who sure oh. seems to give interviews to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they're also just like, I would love to talk like, you know, we have had a number of times in kind of planning where we've also identified guests that we'd like to bring on that aren't necessarily as uh, as tied in just almost as like a brain release. And uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda being, I think, probably the top of that list for me. Yeah, Lin's too positive. Yeah, sometimes that's all right. Might be nice to be positive every now and then. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, it's true. I forgot. Well, you're probably going to remember it because you're going to go to Disney World. You're going to come back uh, all beardy and happy. I'm going to be so happy. You know what I'm really doing are. when I go? I'm deleting Twitter from my phone. Oh, my God. I'm going full cold turkey, Maureen. So I'm going to have to tell you about yeah, all this. I'm relying stuff. on you to send me an email if shit goes on fire. Oh, I'm texting you. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm taking it off. I'm doing I'm not waking up and looking at that shit. Fuck that shit. You're gonna be on Dumbo, your beard flapping in the exactly. wind. You're here, bloop, and it's gonna be me going. Guess what? <laughs> and I'll be like, what? And you'll be like, I just want to know if you're having a good time. Chicken butt, and then it just that's uh, it, and then I just keep. Yep. That sounds horrible. Expect some of those. Horrible. Expect. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Rachel T on Twitter asks, what do you do when getting through the day is hard? Mm. <laughs> this? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it, it, the tagline is it's not a podcast, it's a coping strategy. And certainly this helps. Uh Stop watching the news a little bit. It has an immediate calming effect. Um, the way that they've set this up, Trump, and that one thing he really understands is tapping that center of your brain that wants the twist, that wants more, that doesn't care what it is. It's yeah. just, it's like a bottomless hunger for something, that little dopamine hit of news. And um, turn trying to turn that off. Yeah trying to quiet that a little bit because we're all being played. Yep. We're all being tormented. I was thinking this morning when I woke up in the kind of the shadow of the just Kanye insanity yesterday and remembered uh Baratunde Thurston, God, like almost two years ago now said on Twitter, something to the effect of, of Trump is a distributed denial of service attack on culture basically you know like the a ddos attack for those of you that don't know tech stuff is when you have you basically write a script that sends millions of requests to a website so that nobody can get through to that website um it's sort of a back pocket trick of the 4chan types and things like that to to block access to websites um and it's like, that is exactly how he works. Like he is just like, just throw all the shit so that n you can't get through to anything and turning it off is helpful. Um, I certainly find for me on hard days, uh, having uh, a two-year-old who's hilarious and doesn't give a fuck about any of it is a little moment of like, I need to focus in and play monster trucks with you in the, in the living room or something, you know, like just, shutting it down and moving to something that has no reflection of of the times is is helpful. Yeah, my dog doesn't know about Trump and glad. Really like just remember I think the simple healthy habits 
like the really common sense ones because they really work. Like get some exercise, talk to a friend, read a book, turn off the news, drink some water, eat healthy, take care of yourself. Like this, these are bad times that are really bad for the brain and bad for the body. Yep. Um, and so I think the kind of as simple as those things sound, they they they're common. You know, they're commonly known because yep. they do work. Now that the weather's getting better, go on a walk. Mm, for sure. Enjoy that a lot, and it almost always helps. Yeah. I mean, it's not, these are not, we're not, we're not built for this. No, we're not so, built for this level of sustained attack. So that's our advice. And, you know, we, you, you have us. We're your friends. We're right here. Well, you're not. You're in Disney World. That's true. I'm here. That's true. Uh, to that end, Jennifer Webb over on the Says Whovians Facebook group asks, quick question. Suppose the Says Whovian is going to Orlando right now. Would the Sinker family be open to some like stalking? When you put it like that, <laughs> I would say no. Uh, definitely not open for some light stalking, but uh, I have a very large beard and am immensely recognizable. And certainly if you happen to be in the Disney parks and see me, it would be weird to not come up and be like, hey. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, this week is very much about me and my family reflecting on the fact that we survived something horrible. So we're going to just do that. Yeah. You also look like a punk Hagrid a little bit. So a little bit. Not that yeah. tall. You're not that tall, but or big, just you know, but roughly. Like if you're doing a rough mind's eye. It's true. It's true. So if you if you see that guy on Dumbo, beard flapping in the wind, looking at his phone like something a message came in that just said, Guess what? That's that's Dan. Say hi. Just yell from but below. Will you be back by the you no, know, you won't be back by the time this goes out. Nope. I will be uh we are we are spending a full week there, Maureen. I've never oh done that ever. We're going to all oh. four parks. I've never done that. Oh man! We decided that we earned it. You did earn we it. We earned it. We earned that credit card debt, man. You know, and I have been traveling a lot these last two. In the last two weeks, I've been to Salt Lake City. Then I came back, and then I flew to LA and came back, and. Um, those were great trips, and I met a lot of really fun people, including a bunch of Sesuvians who were like, thank you for Sesu, and thank you for every time you come up and say that. It is great. Um, but I will say I just spent a bunch of time on planes. Like, to get to L.A. and back for a panel was, you know, seven hours That's a long time. run, and yeah. So I feel like um, a week in Disneyland sounds more fun than just kind of being in planes. I'm really... I'm really excited. Yeah, you should be. I'm very, very excited, you Maureen. Should be. Um. All right. Let's see. Uh, Kate McManus on Facebook asks, "Will I be able to watch Maureen's wedding on PBS, or is that a different American and Brit getting married?" No, no, that's us. Uh, we'll be on PBS. Oh, that's nice. I bought a hat for my. We are in no way ready for this wedding, Dan. Uh, see previous references. When is it? It's June. It's April. You got plenty of time. It's the end of April, Dan, and we don't have. Fine. We have a place. There you go. We have an officiant. We don't have a caterer yet. You're done. We don't need. You're in New York City. People can go get food. There's halal trucks all over the joint. So we don't have a caterer yet. Uh, we haven't sent out the invites yet. That's fine. People will just know. Um, we have to do that as soon as this book goes. <laughs> invites going out on Tuesday. I did order a hat. Really on the spur of the moment. I was like, look Ooh. at look at that hat. It's huge. And I ordered it from England, no less. And then oh, this, they know huge hats. This box came down that I swear to you was like four foot square. And I opened it and I was like, this is, what did I do? This is too much hat. I can't wear this. <laughs> like you wouldn't even be able to get near me with this hat on. Like I just, it would knock over light poles and horses, this hat. So Feel, feeling ready. Feeling ready. Somebody, you know what? All you got to do is walk and say some words. That's all. 
I just everything else is just gravy. I, you shouldn't stress about it. I know, but I people are like, where are we going to stay? And I'm like, I don't know. It's New York City. All you say is it's New York City. Figure it out. No, it's Dan. not like you're getting married and like, you know. All right. Let me say this, Dan. I am not a fan of the bridal industrial complex. I am an, um, I, I don't like bridal stuff. And when people are like, you're a bride. I'm like, shut up. You're a bride. Bite me. Yeah. There um, you go. Because I don't, I don't really like it. Uh, so I, I am resistant to a lot of stuff. So I, our, our party is very much on like, it's not a reception. It's a party. There it's, you go. It's not a, you're just, it's just people hanging out. And, uh, I just, I, I don't want to go on my bridal industrial complex rant because it's very long. And by the end of it, you're going to think that I have, um, anger issues. Uh, but I will say that the perfect wedding would have been going to the haunted mansion and getting married Getting on the ride and then coming off the ride married with the hitchhiking ghosts. We could still make that happen, Maureen. I'm that not, dream is not over. I'm not 100% against it. I just have to convince Oscar that this like is the Like you said, way. all you have is a space. Come on. We can do this. We have a couple other things, though. We do. We, have a, we actually are more organized for a party in England than we are for the wedding itself. So anyway, the, the answer to your question is yes, it's going to be on PBS. Perfect. I'm excited to watch it. Do, 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 do. Oscar hates royal stuff. Hates it. Because he's English and he's like, I'm like, royal stuff. We were almost going to get married on the same day that the royal wedding was happening. And then we had to change it. But he was he was not, he was not happy about that. He's like, ugh, gross. Um, doesn't like royal stuff. Uh, all right. Let's see. Haley. Den Braver on Twitter asked, can Maureen talk about the Golden State Killer? I generally feel she can't go wrong with discussing the things she is deeply obsessed with. Brew Apron, Stardew, Disney World, Dogs, True Crime, etc. As I mentioned before yesterday, the Golden State Killer was identified and arrested. Uh, we're still finding out a lot of stuff about how he was identified. But um, I am very interested in this kind of stuff. And it was genuinely on a high all day from that. I Yeah. It's good to see someone getting busted. I, I basically was clapping like, do Trump next, you know, so. <laughs> I I do not follow a lot of true crime stuff, and I only uh, picked up on it when I noticed just the sheer level of happy joy coming off of you on Twitter, which is such a rarity. Yeah, this this guy was. Um, the the crimes were were really horrific i believe 50 rapes something like that it's some unbelievable number of rapes and maybe 12 more. i'm going to get the numbers wrong but it's a, an incredibly high number that took place through the 70s and 80s and uh it was a lot about psychological torture like he would stay like he would tie people up and then stay in the house with them and then he would pretend to go he would go quiet and pretend to be gone and then people would start to move and then he would whisper that he was still there. It was that kind of stuff. Oh, that's horrible. But that's like so many horrible things that he did. Um, this guy was a real beast. And partially the efforts of a number of people that uh, the, the crowdsourcing of crime solving is a really interesting development. Like one of the guys who was involved in the creating of this book by Michelle McNamara, who who unfortunately passed away, um, is a geographical – he he made a geographical profile doing a number of things like digitizing all of the phone books from say 1977 oh, wow. to 19, like stuff that maybe the police don't have time to do. Like they just, right. they, you know, what's the, what's the word for when it's like a human machine that does the, there's a term for it of when like the human effort of computing. Um, I'm not good with words, Maureen. Cool. Well, they did that. And um, whether or not that played a role, like, I don't think we know yet, but somehow they figured out that this was the guy and they got his DNA. They collected his DNA in some in some other way and then they ran it and they got apparently 100% match. He's 72 and he got busted. And in the words, you know, the Michelle McNamara wrote this amazing letter called A Letter to an Old Man that was like, someday, basically like someday there's going to be a knock on the door. And you're going to step out of the darkness and into the light. And uh, he got a giant light. Um, there's a giant light shining on him. He was busted. And um, they got it. I think they were afraid he was going to commit suicide. So they figured like they basically nabbed him 
so that he couldn't get back inside of his house. And it's amazing. A bad man got caught. You know who's going to be 72 years old this year and is going to get caught? I was clapping and saying, do Trump next. And I'm not saying yeah. that, that Trump did similar crimes, but he definitely no. did. He's done. He's done crimes, Dan. He's, he's done some criming in his time. And, and he is going to turn 72 this June. I have started listening to the what you recommended, Trump Inc. And whoo, that is a uh, ride, isn't it? Man, that podcast. It's not it's not a real upper. No, I wouldn't say that it's a. It's the feel-good podcast of the year, but it is easily the best Trump cast out there in terms it's, of actually understanding the man via his business his stuff. And if you just want one, if you're just like, I just want to dip my toe in, listen to the Michael Cohen episode, and that'll yeah. really explain a lot about what that was fascinating. It was very, very good. And what's interesting is that they're acting on... ProPublic is acting on like tips and information they're getting from the public, and then they're going in and doing the research. Yeah. So it's an ever-developing project where people, again, people are helping lead the way. So crowdsourcing of information or tips. Um, I'm really into that, Dan. And uh, yes, true crime. Uh, so uh, obviously get truly devious. Indeed. That's... that's that's, you know, I'm, I'm the little, I slipped it in. You did. It's like, it's like, I think what it, I think I'm good at, I would be good at a sponsorship thing or, or like a, a, like, um, selling a product. Yeah, maybe. I'm saying I would be good at selling a product. Like, for example, um, uh, so anyway, Scruff a Jet on Twitter. What are you going to eat at Disney World? Oh, man. Oh, man, Maureen. List top three foods. Uh, Dole Whip, right? Naturally, um, well, I so I mean the top three foods are three Dole Whips. I'm gonna have the Dole Whip with rum that they serve at Animal Kingdom. Uh, but we have like made dinner reservations. We're doing it up, Maureen. I think we have reservations for every night. And on Wednesday night, we're not even going to the parks all all day Wednesday. We're just like chilling out at our hotel. And Wednesday night, me and Janice are going out, just the two of us. And you're getting a, like a Disneyland babysitter or is your son, son babysitting? Our son, who will turn 13 during this trip, is going wow. to babysit. Also, we made the we made the dinner reservation for once the two-year-old goes to bed. So, uh, And then what are you going to get him? Like, like oh, I can spoil it because get... this isn't even going to come out yet. So a lot of the gift, and we've already explained to him, is like part of it is just the trip, man. Uh, mm -hmm. But he is obsessed with uh, the... Ride in Tomorrowland, the Carousel of Progress. Do you know this ride, Maureen? Yeah. So it yep. is like from the 1950s and was like one of the original uses of the audio anatomic robots. And it was designed by Walt Disney. And it is hokey as fuck. Uh, and it takes place on a rotating audience. You rotate around four circular quadrants. And it tells the story of this like super white bread family. Um uh, through a century of progress. So they start in like the 1900s and they end in a future scene, which was designed in, I don't know, maybe the early 90s. So it is like a really bad future. And uh, my son is obsessed with the grandmother in that scene who is wearing a, a VR helmet. And uh, so I designed for him a T-shirt of the grandmother in her VR helmet that we will... Oh my God, you are a good dad. I was pretty excited when I had that idea because it was very much like, what do we get him? And we'll, we'll be giving it to him at Disney. So yeah, he'll be able to walk around in a custom-designed grandma's VR helmet t-shirt. Anyway, Maureen, one one last question, I think, probably. Uh, and it is, a, it is a relevant one to your interests. Lindsay Carlson on Facebook says, with all the activism, there's still a disconnect between young voters and actually going to vote. How do we get them to the polls? And Maureen, I happen to know someone that has written a book about activism for young people. Do you know that person? I mean, I didn't actually write it. Well. I I coordinated it. I wrote the intro. I was the editor, but... um. 
Uh, so how I resist, which is it's we have these we really do have amazing contributors. I'm not just saying that. Um, it is true. We have it's not. And and also me and Dan. But I mean, we have everybody from I don't I don't want to even isolate anybody because it's that's they'll be putting one above the other. But we have interviews. We have uh, suggestions and essays and we have cartoons and we have. We have infra- we have both inspiration, like stories about people talking about how they get into activism. We have poems. There's all kinds of stuff. There's like form letters. A really interesting thing I saw in the ho- I stayed in a very hipster hotel in L.A. Dan, like it was it was a real try hard hotel. It was yeah. very very sceny. I tried to go to the pool when I got there, and I took the elevator up, and they're like, "You can't come up here dressed like that." You're not. Wow. Yeah. And I was a guest. There was there were pool bouncers. There were pool bouncers, Dan. There was a vintage. You didn't make the cut. No, they were like they were really sorry, but they're like, you can't come in. Um, What were you wearing? Like a trash bag? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I was carrying I I was carrying a dead raccoon and um, for some reason they wouldn't let me in. There was a vintage clothing store in the lobby. uh, Sure. Along with like a 1970s home organ. Um, it's, it is, it was that kind of, it was very, very, they're working, they're they're, working for a living at that hotel. I had this job first. I don't know. I got a giant room. I guess it was just one of those things. It was like the corporate account for the publisher. And like, they're like, Oh, give her this, you know what I mean? Like big booking account. So I was in this giant room. That's all, it's got this bed that's on a platform. So it looks actually, I really liked it, but it was, it was weird. But then this giant room with like, stripes that went across the wallpaper and then onto the walls just oh, you know sure then the bathroom was fully half the room and there was a curtain that divided it and the shower which was giant like you could have 12 people in there <laughs> had had floor-to-ceiling windows oh that that they were like isn't that fun it's like our cheeky showers i'm like no that's just some bullshit people don't need when they stumble in the morning and forget to close the blinds yeah, because no you're kidding so anyway it was hilarious and uh, the reason I was telling this story about this hotel was because they had, so this was kind of cool. So in every room, it was a little trendy, but a copy of The Handmaid's Tale and a copy of 1984. Wow. Then they had a, a, a thing where you, like a set of instructions on how to call your, your local reps in the room. Then they had a bank of red telephones, like a whole wall of them in the lobby that you could pick up. And it would automatically, if you entered information, it would automatically connect you to the office of your local reps. Wow. And then a, a script on the wall of, of like how to talk to them. And then they also had a dedicated phone booth. It was really cool looking. where you And it had a giant poster on the wall that explained like here, the you know, a kind of script of talking to your reps. So they made a big deal about having phones everywhere about calling your reps. Um, I think there, there are just so many ways. Like people are just getting the message out of contacting, of working. You know, it's trendy, but it's a little. The hotel in general is a little too much. But I'm like, it's not a bad use of space if you're gonna if you're gonna do this. Like, why not call your reps? Well, and certainly, I mean, like that it's that it's so that it's so much a part of our culture now that like a hipster hotel is adopting it as a motif, right? Yeah. Like that's. Didn't love like, that part. You can, but... you can. Well, but uh, to me, it's like you can roll your eyes at it. But it's like, well, but at least it, it shows just how, just how organized we actually are, yeah. right? Like, it shows just how much people really are paying attention, including, including young people. You know, and obviously, absolutely. You know, the the proof is in the pudding. Come November, um. But it does seem like the youth movement that has grown up uh, around uh, guns right now are they are drawing a very hard line between their activism and voting, you know, bringing voting registration and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I think that that's drawing that line is the is the first the first part, you know, making it so that part of the action is the action of voting and not not just the action of of getting out onto the streets um you know i think that that i think that we're seeing it more than we've seen it in quite a while yeah it's i've always seen 
active teenagers is because of part of what I do for a living. And um, I've been working with teens in politics since 2008. So um, I, the first step is to just the first step is to get interested, yep. read something, listen to something like don't think that's not for me yet because I don't know enough or just just keep poking the bear, like keep reading, keep keep your eye on the ball because that's how you be. we're all citizens in training all the time you don't turn into an adult and inst it's not like adults are instantly like and now i know what's going on and a lot of stuff and how to vote like clearly that is not the case no. or we wouldn't be in this mess yeah and we're not going to just step out of this mess it's not that when trump is gone it's all going to go back no no everything has been ripped down to the studs and we're going to have to rebuild. And there's so much damage. I mean, just imagine like this. Imagine America is like a giant mansion. And now all the wiring is like any wire could burst into flames at this point. So much has been compromised. So much has been we don't I mean, just when we think we think about the top, but like it's all the way down, all the posts that have gone unfilled, all the people who have quit taking their experience with them, all the information that's out there. It's all Trump walking around with a cell phone that everybody is list like everybody's listening to. We saw pictures of him at Mar-a-Lago where basically every waiter is now covered in wires or, you know, like it's it's all been compromised. Yeah, it's all been, ex you know, and there's it's going to get worse before it gets better. So we're going to need to rebuild. So we're going to need you to do the rebuilding. Sorry, but it's also a great opportunity because you get to decide what comes next. Yep. Yeah. Sorry for the mess. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the mess is part of it. But I think that that's been one of the things that's been interesting, even in the kind of pre-lead up to this November's election uh, with the various, um, not even the not even the national special elections that have happened here and there that often you see Democrats winning, but how many local, more locally focused elections have flipped seats for you know there was just one in in you know a, a new york state rep uh where that seat has not been democratic in 30 years and it just moved to a democrat yep. and you know that yep. you just see this over and over and over again virginia or earlier this year had a huge wave and it's like i think that that to me is actually the most heartening part is a lot of people are every four-year voters right and really only kind of check in at when there is a, a presidential election and the smaller local races are often the things that are the most important, you know, that have the most direct impact on you and your life on, on any given day, whether it's decisions around school, whether it's decisions around, you know, how police act, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing, like that stuff is happening at the local level. And you're actually seeing a lot more interest in running for those offices, voting for those offices, um, and general engagement in those offices. I mean, I'd like you know, two or three different people that have run for school board this year, you know, like I've never known anyone that ran for school board before that besides my dad when I was like four, you know, it's um, an incredibly important position. Yeah. You know, and you just like, you've seen this, there's tens of thousands of, of women that have signed up to run for offices and they are not all the big ticket offices. You know, they are, they are little ones or here in Chicago. Um, we have the water reclamation district um, or no, not the water, the metropolitan water district, like the people that oversee Lake Michigan and the, and water usage of Lake Michigan. Uh, a guy died uh, that was on that board two days before the signatures were due to run for, for office. And so nobody could get signatures in time. And a guy ran, this guy, Cam Davis ran a write in campaign to win a seat for the water board, you know, and mm -hmm. totally won. Like, you know, and it's like, and they they had organized and they worked and they got the word out. And it's like, you're just seeing this type of action for seats that have never been there before. And to me, that's really heartening, I would say. And there are no, there are no little offices. It's all like change it from the ground up. Every one of these offices is important and there's all footholds. And also the concept of Republican, Democrat, those need to melt down. Yep. 
we need to, those are just names. I mean, they are parties, they are, but they're names ascribed to a set of positions that keep shifting. And we need to rethink, you know, how, how we do things and what those, what those words even mean now. What do we want to be? Yep. And that is your thought of the day. Dan, our, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Sure is. Who is great. We love Ted. We do love Ted. Our logo is designed by Darth. That's at Darth, Darth on Twitter. We love you, Darth. Good Lord, we love Darth. I do. You can contact us. You can. Oh, you want to do no, it? No, you do it. 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 You. you do it. Contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. An email. See, as you can see, we've been reading them all at hey, H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. There are a lot of people in the Facebook group now, and it is a fun time all the time. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash says Whovians. And thanks to Janice Dillard, who moderates that group. It will not be moderated next week. It sure won't. All bets are off next week. Go nuts. Oh, act good. Join us on May 16th for our Dan. Hang on to your butts. I'm grabbing it with both hands. 50th episode that is bananas so we'll be doing something magical and special for our 50th episode holy cow 50 episodes this uh, this this podcast was supposed to last eight yep that's we we overshot that we sure did i almost well we're not going to tell you but it's going to be magical magical so make sure to grab as i always say Find your Trump-loving route. If you see somebody puts their phone down, just pick it up. Get their podcast app. Hit subscribe to us. It doesn't cost them anything. Just do it. Just take people's phones. Do the subscription thing. Set the Close the podcast app. Walk away. True. Speaking of ways, ways to help. Okay, let's... I'm just going to list the things. If you want to help us... Yeah. Do this thing. Here, I'm going to list the stuff that you can do. It's great. One... Take their phones. Okay, maybe don't, but you know what I'm saying. Just do it. Just take their phones. Yeah. Don't take their phones. Take their phones. Buy a candle at omfg.church. At omfg.church. They're amazing. They really are. I Honestly, I have them decorating my table in the middle of my apartment, and my mother was just here, and even she was, like, not freaked out by the PTA candle, and it's beautiful. I burn um, eight of them every night. I'm taking mine. As soon as this book is in, I am going to Union Square to set up my um my little vigil. So watch for that in New York. Um so that's that's what you do. Truly devious. If you can get that, that's great. If you leave a review on Amazon or something, like it those are like reviews on Amazon iTunes for this podcast, they make a big difference and they don't cost nothing. Like you just go and you're like, you tell what you think. And then it helps. It just helps. So this is like a free helping thing. Because we don't have a sponsor. Oh, you admit aside it. Aside from Blue Apron. Ah! Aside from Blue Apron, I said Solve aside the from crime. Mm. No, we didn't. So those are the. Th Did I list all the things? Uh, also, your forthcoming book, How I Resist. How I Resist. I don't get no money from that. There's no money to me. It's all to the ACLU. So it's awesome. It's cool. You can pre-order. So like we listed a bunch of stuff. So the free stuff is like leaving reviews and stuff, and taking people's phones and subscribing. Don't take anyone's phones. Obviously, take their phones. We're asking, you know, if you're you're like, what can you do, you know? Because some people are like, what? That's what you can do. It's a huge help. Thank you. It's true. We thank you. 49 episodes. We thank you. We thank yeah. you. Keep us going. Keep us going. If you like it, that helps us keep going. It's true. And you help us keep going. You do. You really do. You do. You really do. So thanks. Guess what, Maureen? Even though I'm actually in my basement in Chicago, my head is already in Disney World, so I'm closing this way from the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida. I'm Dan Sinker. It's a world of Dan at Disney World. I'm in a closet in New York. I'm Maureen Johnson. Didn't think up all these lyrics, but I just want to say 
Says who? Blue Apron.